Salam and welcome to our podcast, Muslims on Fire. Stories from ordinary Muslims doing extraordinary things. With your host, Maruf. Dear listener, Based on many requests from our listeners, we are launching a Muslims on Fire Academy. It's for those who want to do more than just listening. It's for those who not only want to be inspired, but to be one of the Muslims on Fire as well. It's for those who want to discover their purpose in life, follow their dreams, and live in prosperity. If this is you, join us for a journey of a lifetime. The introduction course is free. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. Hey, assalamu alaikum. This is Maruf. Welcome to Muslims on Fire. Today I have a sister from US. She uh, she is a community leader um, and she's also one of the co-founders of American EMCC, American Muslim Consumer Consortium. Is it is it correct, Sister Sabia? Yes, it is. Assalamu alaikum, Maruf. Wa alaikum Welcome to the show. I'm really honored to have you here. Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, uh, um, as, as I mentioned, so we'll we'll get to know you to the better. So, can you tell us, like, where what what do you remember from your childhood? What, and like, what kind of family you grew up? Who were you born? Please share us whatever you can. Yeah. So I was actually born in India. Uh, in a small village in uh, northeastern uh, state of Bihar. And I came to the U.S. when I was a little over a year old. And wow. um, <laughs> yeah, so so my my first visit to India was when I was nine years old. And uh-huh. uh, that was in 1979. And um, up until then, I had heard from my mom that, um, you know, we're going to India. That's our home country. Things will be mm-hmm. very different there. And, you know, as a nine-year-old, that was very abstract, what she was trying to tell me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she said, you know, the houses will be different. There's be, there'll be no carpeting. The bathroom will be different. <laughs> and, you know, as a nine-year-old, I was just trying, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, I didn't really understand. Mm-hmm. And um, until I actually, you know, landed uh, in India and um, you know, at the airport, uh, I remember going out and saying, oh, my God, everyone actually looks like me. <laughs> yes. And, and, and so, you know, up until I was nine years old, for me, I didn't see myself as too different from anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was, I was Indian. My parents had taught me the language. Our food was different. I was always told I'm a Muslim first. So I had all of that. Um, but, you know, I didn't see myself as... Um, different than any other American until mm-hmm. I actually went there. And, and then I realized, oh, there's a whole country of people that look exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I mean, so, I mean, I guess the question is that, so you said you came to the United States when you were one year old. Like, well, your parents were kind of migrating to the U.S. at that time, I guess? Yes, yes. My father came in uh, 1970, uh, mm-hmm. just after I was born. And my mother and I came over uh, you know, just a little less than two years later. Mm-hmm. 
like 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 what I'm trying to understand is guys like uh mashallah as, as, as of today we I see you at least personally that you know one of the very active many people many listeners you may not know you but I think uh, you know some things you have done I know you as a, like a like a one of those community leaders that are trying to you know gather Muslims together towards a common good I just want to understand when you look back now like to your childhood what do you remember that kind of impacted you to who you are today what would you say that is if you look back, is it your, your, you know, you came to US, it's new, I understand, but what, what kind of memories you will remember and you say that shape you today? So I, I, I always look at that first trip to India when I was nine years old. I was a mature nine-year-old. I did go uh, and, and see that there was a different world where, where the rest of my family came from. And, um, you know, we're from a very small village. I had um, gone before my father, so it was just myself, my mother, and my younger brother who, who went, and my father was going to come later. And I was kind of treated as a local celebrity. Um, and uh, people wanted to talk to me, ask me about my life in America. You know, people wanted to practice their English with me. And, and then I okay. saw the rest of my family were, they lived a very different lifestyle from me. Uh, they weren't as well off. Um, they were, um, you know, their, their lifestyle was so different from what I had lived in America. So I think seeing that dichotomy at such a young age um, really kind of grounded me in who I was. So I had, you know, this, this, this heritage, this history of who my family is back in India, and that I had my life in America, mm -hmm. and, and there was such a vast difference between the two. So as I was growing up, I always knew that, you know, that was my, my part of my identity. So I think that really grounded me on who I was. I, 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 I also, my father, my earliest memories of my father are him getting up and praying Fajr loudly. Okay. So, so wow. my earliest memories, I would say, is when I'm about four. So that that memory of him always praying he you know he prayed five times a day and so my earliest sure. memories are of seeing him do that so being a muslim was always part of my psyche from the very beginning i see so you, you must be really wondering why does my father wake up in the <laughs> middle of the night and wake me you wake me up i guess and and i was the oldest child and I would get up and put on my, you know, scarf, my dupatta, and I would pray with him. And I remember one memory was that he was reading very loudly and I was trying to say my surahs to myself. And I got mad. I mm -hmm. stopped praying and I got mad and I sat down and I told him, you were reading so loud. I was messing up. <laughs> and he just laughed and he said, OK, I won't do that anymore. So for me, my identity as a Muslim goes back to when, you know, my earliest childhood memories. I see. I mean, well, that's interesting. For so, okay, so you were the elder, you know, you know, elder, uh, elder child, I guess. So, I mean, when you were, uh, that's amazing. Like, like you said, you were, you were just copying kind of father. Like, how was it, you know some families as we see today? You know, they make sure the kids to pray sometimes, in, by informing sometimes by just suggesting. But in your case, what was it like? Did your father ever said, "Hey, Sabiha, you should pray," or you just did it on your own? How did it work out? Yeah. So parents, that's interesting. Yeah, for me. my parents were always there. They, they, you know. Pay, children see and and learn by example so both my parents both were very um prompt in their prayers so i i, I always saw them praying um 
uh, I, I, we had emigrated to Chicago and that ha it's one of the most oldest Muslim communities there. Um, the Muslim mm -hmm. Community Center was established in the early 70s. They actually just celebrated the 50th anniversary in Chicago. And so a shout okay. out to them uh, over there. And so it was, it was a part of me growing up, the mosque there, uh, the Sunday school, you know, I regularly attended that. And, and it was really a bunch of immigrants that had just come and wanted to provide some kind of community for their children. And they were very forward looking. Um, the mosque, you know, there was no separation between the men and women, no separate entrances. Okay. Men and women regularly, um, you know, sat together in discussions uh, with a lot of different um, female teachers that were great, you know, role models. And awesome. So that was a part of my young childhood growing up in the 70s. Okay. Childhood Questions are sponsored by Ali Huda. Ali Huda is a video on demand streaming platform for Muslim children where they can watch cartoons and shows while learning about Islam the fun way. If you are a Muslim parent, this will be one of your best investments. Visit www.alihuda.com for a seven day free trial. Now back to the show. So, I mean, this like most communities were like from different backgrounds or from very specific. Sometimes what happens is, you know, some mosques are gathered around, around different. This is a sad reality, right? Some mosques, for example, uh, you know, go around some ethnicity. It could be Pakistani, it could be Indian. I don't know. It was it in a similar case. It was I think diverse. it was, um, I was, I would say predominantly South Asian, um, but there were mm -hmm. some Arabs, some American converts. Um, so there was a mix, but I would say primarily South Asian. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's good. Okay. So I, what, I'm, what I really hear is a lot of it's good, which is inclusive, which was open. And, and that's, that's not, you don't see, I guess, many, even these days, that's the sad reality. And yeah, and I, and mean, I think that really set the standard for me because mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we had an amazing mosque community. We had, you know, uh, excellent Sunday school. So I've always held that higher standard. Um, which, you know, throughout my lifetime, it's been hard to find that. So. I see. I see. I mean, he, and another thing is, I guess, like, um, like growing up, like I understand in the beginning, as a child, you don't see the difference. But after your, your visit to India and when, while you're growing up, I think probably middle school, like as of today, you know, it's very strict contracts. But, but in those times, did you see any kind of backlash or some phobia? While you're growing up, can you see? Can you say anything about that, or maybe there was nothing? No, else, no, just, actually. You know, well, so, you know, yes, my, you know, I came to know about my identity when I first visited, visited India, but even before then, I happened to live in areas that were predominantly white, and I was probably okay. like one out of three or four uh, South Asians in the whole school. So. Um, where I, whereas I might not see myself as different, I saw that others did. Um, I see. So there was always that um, aspect of I'm different, and 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 mm -hmm. I always had my mom telling me that you know we're we're Muslim, or you mm -hmm. know we're Indian first, and and we're different in terms of how we live our life. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, as a young child, you're trying to take all of that in and, and, and try to figure out exactly what that means. Uh, you have your parents exactly. telling you something at home and then you see, you know, your your peers in school 
and you realize you're not exactly like them, but you're just at, at, at the heart, you're still a kid, right? You're not understanding all these complexities. Yeah. I see. I mean, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think, uh, well, here's another question. One of the things I think was important for listeners as well. Like, look, I mean, growing up, especially we coming from different, you know, backgrounds and especially after school, like when, when you were growing up, like, let's say you have adulthood, like, how did you kind of figure out what you really would like to pursue in your life? And does it make sense? Yeah. So, so, you know, I was always um, someone that gravitated towards the arts. Um, you know, okay. I, I, I loved my English classes and my social studies classes. And so, and that's, and so, that's something that I excelled in. So, so, uh, you know, I remember uh, a, a memory I'll share here. I, I remember I wanted to learn a musical instrument and uh, okay. in grade school. And I remember bringing the, uh, you know, the paper to be signed by my father. And he said, oh, why do you want to learn music? He's like, go and do some math problems. <laughs> <laughs> and I That's said, it. okay. And I just walked away. But, you know, because, you know, I don't think I need to explain this, that, in, you know, in South Asian Muslim culture, you know, it's yeah. engineering or it's medicine. Well, doctor, <laughs> right? medicine, exactly. <laughs> right. So here I was that that was not something that I connected with. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I went on to, you know, get my degree in psychology. <laughs> cool. That's very interesting. Okay. So this is where you uh, did your major degree, in, I yes. guess, uh, psychology? Yes, yes. I did, I did, I did so, my degree in psychology. Yes, I was um, actually in college. Um, I was uh, had just finished my junior year, and we actually went to India. So, just to give you a little bit of background, um, you know, throughout my high school year, uh, my dad has made it very clear that he wanted me to have an arranged marriage, and you know, it was his wish that I marry someone back from India. Mm -hmm. And okay. so he had kind of put that out there to me um, as a young teenager. <laughs> so you're ready when the time comes. Yeah, he got me young. And I, and I remember what he said to me. And, and, you know, I used to attend Sunday school. And then once I graduated from Sunday school, I actually went on to teach there for four years. And okay. it was a bit of a drive. It was about 45 minute drive um, to to the masjid and and. Um, on those drives, you know, I would have conversations with my father. And I remember, I, I would say probably 14 or 15, I remember him mentioning, uh, you know, that eventually I will have to get married. And if I got <laughs> married to someone in India, specifically from the region that I came from, Bihar, that, you know, I would have the opportunity that through me, whoever got married to me would come to America and that I would have, mm -hmm. I would be... Uh, you know, a, a kind of like a source for uplifting uh, another generation of families. The community, I see. So he kind I of see. put that into my head early on, and I was okay with that. That was his take on it, I guess. So what did you think? I was okay with this? that because I had seen my parents come to America. I had seen mm -hmm. my family back in India, and I saw that how my father came to America, supported us, supported, helped to support uh, his family in India. So I had, I had, mm -hmm been through this i had seen it so it's a generation thing yeah so so it wasn't on. something new to me and but at the same time at the same time um my father had said you know once i got into college that well you know if you do have someone in mind you happen to meet someone um do you know let me know right 
Yeah, just in just case. Just in case, <laughs> right? But I also knew that deep down, this is something that he wanted. So I think that always kind of guided me, and um, th you know, throughout college, and um, and I was I, I was young. I was you know when my father first started talking to me about that, I was in high school, and um, wow. you know, and I knew somewhere down the line in college, you know, whether it was during college or just after college, I was going to get married. Um, I mean, that was kind of like a given. Um, Sounds good. So, so you, you, you study college, like, like psychology and like, uh, why psychology? I understand you're, you're very into humanitarian sciences. You said, <laughs> is it, is, is, is this what you, why, why you went for psychology? That was, that, was the, that was the one major that had the least amount of, you know, math and science. It was very easy. Oh, I see. <laughs> it was very easy to choose that subject. <laughs> I, see. I see. And it was, so it what was happened the study then? of human behavior. And exactly. And it's exactly why we study, why we do what we do. <laughs> exactly. Right? And and I, I really related to that. Um I had plans to go into counseling. Um I you know, anything that had to do with um people and you know, mm -hmm. understanding their problems and their behaviors. You know, I was really, really attracted to that. So what happened after college? Did you get a? How did you? What did you? <laughs> so 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 I have I have to tell you that you know I, uh, you know after my Go junior ahead. year we went to India, and okay I, okay I, you know I I, I uh, met some guys uh, during mm -hmm. that six week period and we had one week Kinda left cool. to come back to the U.S. and by this time I was I was tired of meeting people things weren't working out and. There was one week left and I said, okay, I want to enjoy the last week. I don't want to meet anybody, any more people. And, um, you know, sure enough, one person showed up the next morning and we had been, lived, okay. we had been, um, you know, staying with um, some extended family members and they had, they had already invited him for breakfast the next day. And, and I, I was upset with my father. I said, you said no more guys. <laughs> and mm -hmm, he said, well, just mm -hmm. one more, you know, it's not nice. We, you know, they've already said yes. And I was really upset. I did not want to meet him. And I went out there kind of with an attitude that, that okay, I need to get rid of this guy. <laughs> as soon as possible. Uh, is, just tell me this. Is it, is it the brother of Faisal? <laughs> How did you guess? <laughs> well, well, we're going to give him a shout out. So you should listen to this part. You, know? <laughs> you were just one minute away from ditching, 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 right? But I guess it was a destiny in a way. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, like I said, it's, you know, if it's meant to happen, it'll happen some way. I think neither one of us, neither one of us wanted to be there. We, we were kind of met under family pressure. Um, mm -hmm. And by that time... I just want to know this. I just want to wait, wait. I just want to know this. So when you met this guy, you've seen a lot of guys. <laughs> and this is the last guy. So tell me honestly, what, what is different about him? You still keep him <laughs> until this day. So it's funny because... Because... Uh, you know, up until then, I had I had been meeting uh, guys that were a little bit older. He was much, okay. much younger. Um, okay. He actually spoke very well and made eye contact with me, which was a lot of the guys in India would not do that because it's, you know, they were either shy or it's not considered um, good manners. So I had a hard mm -hmm. time communicating with them. Um, they would they just wouldn't talk. So he I was see. the first one. He was young. He talked directly to me. And and I thought to myself, whoa, this guy is really different. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I, I asked him, I said, so what do you do? And he tells me that 
I I'm in sales and I'm like oh crap he's in sales this is <laughs> this is part of his job <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he sold himself didn't he, he was the best and I look at my dad and I I kind of you know try to give him a hint oh then we should be careful and you know no one no yeah. one else kind of paid attention to that um until that moment <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and he he left that day I left and um, you know, at this point, there, you know, there was really nothing that I could say that I didn't like about him. Um, okay. uh, and, um, and we kind of left it up to our families. And so that was August 20th. Um, the 22nd, his family came. He didn't come. He was not there. He was working in uh, uh, Delhi at the time. And uh, his family mm -hmm. came, you know, did the engagement. And then, then in there, they decided that three days later, we were going to get married. So they... So the next time I actually met Fasil, we were already married. There was no in-between time. Wow. <laughs> so, so we met for 20 minutes and got married five, day, five days later. And that's our story. Amazing. That's amazing. Well, that's the beginning of the story, isn't it? That's the beginning of the story of a longer one. Okay, that's very good. You see, that's something I didn't know about Brother Faisal. I think I should, I should talk to him as well. I get to his side of the story as well. <laughs> Do you struggle with deen and dunya balance in your life? Meet Salam.app, a Muslim social network where your ego, nafs, is not in the center. It is a place to feed your soul with daily inspiration, to make new Muslim friends, and connect with Ummah. Visit www.salam.app and download free for your iPhone or Android. One day. But okay, so you you went there, you, now you got married, you finished your school. And so like, I just would like to know how did you start your career? Did you study in different companies? What happened there? Yeah, so, so you know, I ended up staying in India for a couple of more months. And, okay. um, you know, by the time I came back, I had a year left. A few months later, Fasil came and, um, you know, I had, I had so I'd almost had um, about half a year that I had missed. So I had fallen behind. Um, and then during that time, you know, Fessel came, he got into the master's program and we ended up, we ended up moving to, uh, Dayton, Ohio. And that's where actually I finished up my degree, uh, in psychology. Uh, I, I actually had my son, um, while I was finishing up, uh, uh, my degree and he was actually born two months premature, um, Okay. So, so he was only two pounds when he was born at the end of my seventh month. Alhamdulillah, you know, uh, we made it to the yeah. hospital in time and, you know, mashallah, you know, my son was okay. He didn't have any serious health issues, stayed in the hospital for about two months. And so our kind of, you know, our lives changed drastically during that time. Um, I see. Yeah. Imagine. So my plans to get a master's um, was put on hold and um you know and 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 so the focus became you know my son at the time i understand as a mother you want to focus on that so um okay i mean so one of the things is i guess that as i said uh, like you mentioned in your, in, when you were growing up you were part of community and one of the the projects you're involved in this is i i, I guess i know the most about you is 
American Muslim consumer uh, consortium. So I just can can you uh, tell us a little bit backstory about how did you came to be? Uh, you are one of the founding member partners, founders, I guess, right? So tell us more about it. So this is what I this is uh, I would like to know. Get to know more. So yeah, <clears throat> so just a little bit of background before that. Um, sure. So you know, after living uh, in Ohio uh, for four years, um, uh, my husband was. I think everyone who knew him knew that he wanted to start a business. Um, you know, that was his dream. So we moved, made the move to New Jersey at the time. This was the during the dot com era. Um, Around 2000. Right. And, um, you know, I ha my son was now two years old. We moved here to New Jersey. He joined his friends uh, as, a, as a partner in their business. And literally, he was gone for two years. <laughs> <laughs> and and during that time, I had um, family. Uh, my younger three brother-in-laws uh, emigrated mm -hmm. to the U.S. Um, they were all in in uh, the IT industry. I had one brother, three brother-in-laws, and then I had my mother mother-in-law visit during that time. And we had just moved mm -hmm. from Dayton, Ohio, in our brand new house to a two-bedroom small townhouse in New Jersey. So I had just. I can imagine. Downgrade. Yes, and we, we, I had just moved to a new. I'm a young brother. I have all these relatives who have come and are staying with me. My husband, I don't see him. He's working seven nights a week, and 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 you know, I think the In his new business. Yes, the brother code was the bro code. What there was that don't tell your wife what's happening in the business. So I had no no idea what he's doing over there, and I'm kind of over, overwhelmed with all my responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And and so that was a very challenging time for me. Um, but, you know, what I what happened after that was that, you know, the uh, the dot com bubble burst, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Wall Street, the market crashed and all of a sudden, you know, uh, um, you know, my husband had to go, you know, look for a job. And uh, and so things from there on kind of changed. I um, actually, uh, you know, had another son in between. I had a couple of miscarriages. So there was a lot of change happening in our lives, both personally, mm -hmm. um, professionally, financially, a lot of challenges going, going forward. And, and my husband continued to be a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know the type. Yes. So of there's them, always so. something there, right? Uh, whether you have a job or you don't have a job, it's 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 just innate in you. And I think during exactly. that time, um, I learned then. You know, I learned okay, this is how an entrepreneur is, and and how to be uh, kind of the second <laughs> half to an entrepreneur. <laughs> you cannot do anything you want. Then, yeah, that's a full package. Right. So and then and so, you know, it was so when we first started out, um, you know, one of one of my husband's projects was uh, creating a, a, net, a professional networking platform for uh, Muslim professionals. And, mm -hmm. you know, this was a post 9-11. And um, we started doing uh, networking events in the area. And I got really involved. This was a way for us to spend time together. You know, I had mm -hmm. these great management skills, uh, event planning skills, and I was able to kind of merge that into the events that we were doing. And so it started up doing, um, you know, professional events at the massages, at local restaurants. I mean, there was really a need for that. And also a way to elevate our community kind of 
you know, come up with this platform of really connecting all all the talent in our community and mm-hmm. uh, uh, to elevate our community. And and that's how it started up. You know, it was called the M Link, kind of like a M-Link. a kind of you know a Muslim LinkedIn. You know, cool. <laughs> so so and then and then Facebook came along. So so I don't think I need to say anything further. You know. No, that's okay. So I think what you were doing that that phase of your life, you understood that your husband is a serial entrepreneur. While you cannot do nothing about it, I mean, it's like uh, instead of if you cannot beat them, join them, right? So what you did, you know, <laughs> let me do something, and I'm, at least so I can see him more often. Yeah, again, I actually, that. so that's why you guys. That. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, cool. So I mean, like, how do you go from Emling to AMCC? That tell me the story. Uh, uh, what happened in between? Well, so you know, Facebook came along, right? And, sure, and all sure. of a sudden, you know, that took over. So, so yeah. whatever we were trying to do in, you know, within the Muslim uh, community, it just, you know, just kind of dwindled from there. And mm-hmm. um, so during that time, we came across a study by JWT, one of the largest marketing agencies that transports markets. And they put out a mm-hmm. study that the spending pa- uh, power of American Muslims was $170 billion dollars. And there mm-hmm. was no response from any Muslim organization. So in I 2009, see. we were able to bring, bring together um, everyone that was interviewed for that study for our first conference um, that was held at Rutgers University. We had about 200 mm-hmm. attendees. And there was you know, various people across different sectors that were um, referenced in that study. There was uh, Adnan Durrani, who was founder of American Halal Company. Uh, he had not mm-hmm. launched Saffron Road yet. There was... Ahmed Adam from Crescent Foods, Shahid Amanullah from Zabiha. We had Zabiha, yeah. um, business um, Business Week, uh, you know, editor Paul Barrett, you know, Carla Power from Time Time Magazine. So, so we had you know various people that had been referenced in that study. We brought them all together to kind of talk about the study, right? And we I really see. didn't know where that was going to go. Um, yeah. So the following year in 2010, you know, we moved to the Hyatt Hotel, we added the Entrepreneur Showcase, you know, which was startups pitching their products in front of seasoned entrepreneurs. And we doubled our attendance to over 400 attendees. We had our premier sponsor who was Ogilvy and Mather Worldwide. They were just launching their um, Ogilvy Noor, which was specifically going to market to Muslim consumers. And and we, you know, we, we doubled our attendees. We were over 400 people. And we had an AP reporter that was there the whole day. And the article she put out on our event was covered by 350 media outlets worldwide. And and I firmly believe that's when the shift happened, both here in the US and globally. Because now Muslims were now seen for the first time as a consumer group with a significant spending power. And, And I always like to say it started with a simple conversation. I see. I see. Yeah, that's powerful, isn't it? When you're looking back, you know, as you said, you didn't, you had no idea what's going to happen, right? But then you guys do this, and you, you know, kind of, you know, put those people together, and and you already mentioned a couple of people, and I, I know all of those guys, like Shahid could be Saffron Road or other companies. They are multi-million companies as of today, isn't it? Like, yeah. If you're looking back. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 we've really, and you know, it's been ten years now, Alhamdulillah, and. You know, we've been able to develop this amazing group of this amazing network of amazing individuals who are really trying to do something different in their fields, trying to set a higher standard 
um, for uh, for Muslims doing business. And and some of the names I just mentioned are really really great inspirational people and um, who are able to bring their faith uh, and 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 really you know combine it with uh, their business and values and 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 they've been successful at it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, well, I mean, you are one of those people, you know, very, very well versed in, in the, the Muslim community, especially in the Muslim entrepreneurs community. You've been running NCC, as you said, for the last 10 years. What are the insights you have learned that you can share with us? I don't know, top two, three, you know, insights we can we can learn. And maybe there are a lot of, you know, listeners who, who want to, you know, follow that road so they can learn. What would you say? So, you know, I think in the last decade, We've talked about who we are as Muslim consumers, um, you know, what this market comprises of, who is fulfilling their needs, right? Um, we've, we have gone from virtually seeing no awareness of halal to halal being available in mainstream, you know, mainstream, uh, uh, you know, uh, stores across America. We've seen the fashion industry awaken to the potential of the modest factor, uh, modest fashion sector globally. Yeah. And and we, you know, we we hear from uh, Islamic finance companies that they have a growing um, uh, um, non-Muslim clientele. So, so this food, fashion, finance, you know, has been really the forefront of what's been happening in, in the last ten years. We've seen an influx of um, these creative entrepreneurs developing, you know, these creative products and. And, and, you know, Muslims have been around in the U.S. for a long time, but what we've seen really in the last 10 years is this influx, right? Being mm -hmm. recognized by mainstream brands, having, you know, halal at, at the local, you know, shop rights and Walmarts and Costco's, right? We've only seen the advent of all of that in the last 10 years. Or, or, or you know, different mainstream stores recognizing um, you know, uh, uh, modest fashion, right? We've just had Macy's, you know, an American, uh, such a large uh, American retailer for the first time ever have a, you know, from the Verola, Verona collection uh, by yeah, Lisa Vogel, yeah. you know, yeah. it have Lisa a modest Vogel, yeah. fashion bra uh, brand, not only online, but now in their, in physically in their stores. So that's Lisa. something huge. And, and, and so we've seen this emergence in the last 10 years. Um, Absolutely. And, and so, and I always say it's, it, this is not something that we went out and planned, right? Exactly. It, it wasn't something that we said, okay, well, you know, we're going to do this, this, this. It just kind of evolved, right? And, yeah. and we'd like to think that we were part of that conversation in providing the platform and providing resources and connecting people. Um, and, and wherever that we could, you know, kind of give a helping hand, we've tried to do that. Alhamdulillah. And, you know, it takes a it takes a life of its own, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great, I mean, as I said, uh, like like people like yourself, they're not, um, you are not shining every day that who you are. But as I said, if I didn't know AMCC, probably I would, if you didn't meet probably, you know, one or twice in Dubai, it would be difficult to have this, for us to have this call. Because you guys work behind the scenes, right? And you are, you put the entrepreneurs you know, in France, so they shine. You don't have to necessarily. You want to, no one take a credit, but but I think this show is all about more like getting the backstories. You know, what makes a success, not necessarily the when you're up, up at the top, I guess. Um, so and I know I guess, that, and you know, so it's you know at 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 um, you know at the ten year mark, I I know you couldn't make it out but, uh, to our event. We had a small roundtable 
of mm. of all the major folks that we have uh, come across in our network, amazing individuals in all different various sectors. And we wanted to bring them together to kind of set an agenda for the next five to 10 years and come up with a roadmap. You know, we, we've talked about who we are and what we need and who's doing what. And, and we really want to set the agenda for a higher standard. We want to change the conversation that as Muslim entrepreneurs, from what we need to what we can offer, you know, on Muslims Absolutely. being significant contributors to the wider economy and, and how we can work collectively with mainstream companies to promote an ethical market economy. And I think that's what our next conversation needs to be. And then again, I'm not going to say what that looks like. You know, that's going to come from the yeah, No one knows. Yeah. But I feel exactly. like that we need to do we need to plant that seed again. We need to start that conversation. We need to set a higher standard. We need to have Muslim entrepreneurs for social good. Take that higher standard, take a higher stance in whatever you're doing. And we're seeing that. Psst. If you are an entrepreneur with a product or service for the Muslim market, let's get in touch. We are halal.ad a marketing agency and ad network for the ever-growing Muslim market. We can help you reach millions of Muslims to grow your business. Visit www.halal.ad for a 30-minute free consultation. Now back to the show. I recently came across someone, um, Arshia Kirani from Sukun Active. And what she's doing is she's creating modest um, um, uh, uh, athletic wear and she mm -hmm. is not only using sustainable uh, materials, she's got uh, uh, transparent supply chain, she's got factories in Portugal where she mm -hmm. is exhibiting the best standards for her employees. And so Absolutely. that's taking it to the next level, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I will, after the show, I will, I will ask you a couple of questions for, you know, for guest ideas so you can you can mention some of the names and we would like to talk to them as well and, and you know get their stories out as well because i think we need we need that more often i guess so um yeah sure i mean certainly, as, as certainly i can do that i we have a great list of people who are doing amazing things and and you know they need their stories to be told and so what you're doing Absolutely. here with muslims on fire i think is so needed in our community yeah thank you very much thank you very much so uh i think uh sister i mean Tell me this: Is there any question I should have asked, but I have, and you would like to, you would like to, you know, deep dive on that? So, uh, you know, I think the challenges of trying to um, to combine our Dean and Dunya, I think that's something that is a challenge. Balance. And, but for me personally, and I can only speak for myself, my faith has played. A big part of who I am, and yeah. and and that certainly has to do with how my parents raised me. But at some point, you know, when you're young, I, I would say as a young teenager, I loved to read. I always read, um, and uh, you know, so I was an avid reader. And whatever books that I could get my hands on, and my father had a lot of Islamic books around me. So every night before I I went to sleep, I would always read. So Alhamdulillah, you know, I I've read up on on different um, tenets of our faith, you know, the, the, the okay. seerah of our prophets, you know, peace be upon Absolutely. him. So all of that is always there. And I think for myself, at least, you know, it's, it's a part of who I am. So, and so I am a Muslim, 
I am an American. Mm -hmm. I also am an Indian. I have very strong cultural uh, ties, you know, to my country mm -hmm. of my birth. So I, my identity is an amalgamation of all three. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. it's hard to to you know be able to say well i'm just one thing i don't think there has to be mm -hmm. i'm an amalgamation of all three sure absolutely i mean it makes sense um so i mean can you tell us can you tell us to the listeners where they can find more about the emcc or anything you would like to mention where they can follow up with you if they have questions or they want to check out about your project just mention the website name and or anything we can also put on the show notes what would you say yeah sure our our, our website is americanmuslimconsumer.com i'm quite active on facebook um you know anyone mm -hmm. can connect with me there um but you're not on linkedin are you i you know that's my next <laughs> 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 i am not a linkedin person <laughs> but that's next on my on my to-do list. I, I need to get that's active okay. on LinkedIn. <laughs> I was just checking out on you because I can see everybody but not you. I was just checking out. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not active on LinkedIn or Twitter. I kind of stay away from that. <laughs> and you know, I, 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 I whatever someone says about social media, Facebook really helped us grow our organization. So I don't want to knock Facebook. You know, it's sure. it's I think the network that I have today and the way that we've been able to grow AMCC, it has so much to do with um, uh, social media, specifically Facebook. So I, I know a lot mm -hmm. of people, uh, you know, kind of knock that. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I, I want to kind of acknowledge, you know, the benefit that we have received from that. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Having said that, um, I really uh, appreciate for your time, for sharing your story. And as I said, we will share more stories by some of the links you have, you have shared. We'll do some invites, more guests as well. And by having said that, I want to I wanna thank you. I'm so grateful. Thank you very much. Well, thank you Until for having time. me, Maruf. It was a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Assalamu alaikum Dear listener, Based on many requests from our listeners, we are launching a Muslims on Fire Academy. It's for those who want to do more than just listening. It's for those who not only want to be inspired, but to be one of the Muslims on Fire as well. It's for those who want to discover their purpose in life, follow their dreams, and live in prosperity. If this is you, join us for a journey of a lifetime. The introduction course is free. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. For show notes and questions for episodes, please visit www.muslimsonfire.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like our show, please rate, share with friends, and leave a review. With your help, it will enable us to reach more people and change their lives for the better. Stay tuned. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum.